everyone. In this episode of History Unloaded with Danny and Ashley, we're going to talk about... Nailed it. <laughs> you guys both looked at me. We wanted your approval. All right. So we realize that we haven't really talked a lot about silencers. We've mentioned them in passing, I in think. Pa- but. Yeah, in passing. But um, so basically, what do we want to say? Well, I think we're just going to do a history of silencers. Like, that's what okay. we talked about. All right, come back, come back. Okay. Sorry. I said come back, come back because Danny forgot his microphone. So Camila is currently sound booming us has a pool cue with like a triple on the end of it and it's the only mic so she's going back and forth between us but we keep talking over each other um so the silencer now i say silencer because i'm going to talk about the original one which was called that i guess we could be picky and say that we're talking about what are well they're not even legally suppressors people just have decided that they're legally silencers yeah, people have modern day just decided that we should call them suppressors now, which I get why. So, um, yeah, legally. And so what I always say when I talk to people, because um, I love when people get all angry when you say silencer. And I'm like, dude, that's like literally the name of the invention, the name of the company, the name of the patent and the name of the legal 19, 1968, 1934 National Firearms Act. Um, so when I always tell people, I'm like, well, yes, the inventor called it a silencer. So the invention was called a silencer. But if you want to be more accurate to what it does, it's a suppressor, moderator, muffler. You know, because it doesn't silence, it suppresses. And so I think this is actually how we've talked about it because I think we talk a lot about the fact that, you know, you have to be careful how you market. So like Hiram Percy Maxim, who invented the silencer around 1902, he didn't patent it, he did not patent it, that was really hard to say, patent it until around 1909, I believe. But he developed the, the silencer for a firearm um, right at the turn of the 20th century. And, you know, I always joke about, like, he was just the ultimate marketer because that's, like, any gun company today that could make an invention that they could get away with something cool like that, they would totally do it. But now, you know, a century later, people actually struggle to understand that a silencer is not silent. Yeah, and it goes back to the that term. You use the word moderator, and it's... It's kind of, it's a good example because suppressor is kind of like, and if I can be sound very academic for a hot second, like suppressor is a very American centric term. Like other countries call them different things. And moderator is a good example of that. The inventor called them silencers, but yeah, these were, it kind of comes from this, he called, he marketed it as one thing, but they don't necessarily, although the car mufflers are very effective. Yeah, yeah. And so another thing that's kind of interesting about Hiram Percy Maxim. So he's the son of Hiram Stevens Maxim, not to be confused with the long lost conspiracy theory William children. Canelo. <laughs> William Canelo's conspiracy theory children. Um, but Hiram Stevens Maxim, you know, the guy that created the really the first true successful machine gun. Um, his son was Hiram Percy Maxim. And Hiram Percy Maxim was a genius. And he actually didn't really get into firearms initially. He was inventing really rare, innovative things with automobiles in the late 19th century. And then he invented the silencer as a means to increase the enjoyment for the target shooter. So he grew up around guns, being from a gun dynasty family. Um, I think his uncle was involved in like ordinance. And so he grew up in that world and he was a target shooter. And really, if you read some of the books on it, I mean, his goal 
was to reduce the sound and the recoil to increase enjoyment in target shooting. It was more of like a gentlemanly thing. So with a lot of people today that talk about that's why it was invented, that really is why it was invented. And I think my favorite story from the, that book on the Springfield 1903 silent, I think it's from that one, um, is the fact that <laughs> he, he came up with the idea on the bathtub. You know, like where we all come up with our, I mean, I come up with great ideas in the shower, like all the time. I mean, that's certainly where I come up with all my one-liners that I wish I had said. And then we prepare them once and ruin it. Yeah. Yeah, we try and prepare because I had a weird shower thought that I should say shh for this episode and the timing is way off. Uh, for the record, we talked about silencers at 9.30 this morning. So did you go home and take a shower at some point? The audience didn't know that. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so he developed, he, he comes up with the idea in the bathtub, basically watching the water run out of the drain and he develops the silencer and patents the silencer specifically for the civilian market before he gets into the military. Yeah. And it's like, it's really heavily emphasized. Like we have some really nice catalogs for the Maxim silent firearms company, which was the name of the company, which is pretty neat, like silent firearms. Um, and then there's... <laughs> Sorry. I, I would say there's probably a lot of gun control groups that would not agree with you on that. I just think, look, okay, I get that maybe it's not perfect for the modern usage, but it's if you're going to name, if you're going to go all out on like commit to these things, make your gun silent. Like, great name for the company. Good job. Yeah. But, anywho, um, we have a catalog from the company. We have a lot of advertisements, and it's really heavily in, like directed towards civilian sales of the of the of these things and one of my favorite ads is like these devices these silencers will let you shoot your gun in your house here's you know you can buy the silencer for seven dollars and the fitting for two dollars and the sand trap to shoot into for five and for your house <laughs> for your house and the ad is like it's an image of one dude like sitting in his very like 1900 early 1900s wingback chair in like a suit and tie while his like buddy is shooting through a doorway into the living room <laughs> like and isn't there like a family like in the other yeah. room yeah yeah there's like <laughs> family in the background like making dinner or something it's just it's great so when i like originally talked about that ad i think i said like yeah they're just in the other room watching tv <laughs> tvs hadn't been invented yet that's but a like, good question when were tvs invented because there were movies around TVs were popular until the post-World War II period. It was that's, like the 50s. Well, that's when they're popular, but like invented, invented. I just like that my brain like auto-corrected the image of a family like watching TV in 1909, like just chilling. Um, so a couple of interesting things about what Danny just talked about. So the, the enjoyment, the target shooting, whether or not it's a good idea to do it inside your house, uh, we'll leave up to other people to decide. Um, but you made an interesting observation about the adapter which I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, because we talk about threaded barrels today, but there were adapters early on so that you didn't need a threaded barrel on your firearm. And then the other part of this that's fascinating, as I mentioned that Hiram Percy Maxim got his inventing start as um, an automobile engineer. And around the same time that he developed the silencer for firearms, he developed a muffler for a car. Now it's not, I don't believe, I mean, he took out patents for a car muffler, but I don't think it's the like the patent that we associate with like modern mufflers but he in some of the advertisements what was it Danny it was like like buy this gun silencer and get your car muffler yeah that was that was one of them and like they were in the same catalogs like you didn't have like a car parts catalog to get a muffler for your Model T like you on one page you could buy 
the silencer for your Winchester 94. And then on the next page, you could order the Model T one at the same the same time. And it's it's kind of interesting to think about because it, it was for there were like industrial machinery silencers that he patented. There's the car ones and the firearms one that we know, but there's a, there's a lot of others and commercial engines. And I yeah. think like, wasn't there like a ship or something? Yeah, Some like kind of like Marine engines was one. And to go to this whole idea is like we, in the gun world, it got really easy to think they're becoming much more popular now, but it got really easy to think for a long time that these were really fairly uncommon things that not a lot of people use. But if you think about it, we use these every day because we all drive cars yeah. or most of us, it's actually, I used to say, you know, and I it might be true. I don't know. It might not be true. Um, but I used to always say it's fascinating to me because today silencers are heavily regulated, but a car muffler is required. Yeah, it's like it's regulated the opposite way. And in some countries, like, you know, we get caught up in the debate in the U.S., but in some countries, like the silencer itself is like an over the counter item and strongly encouraged as like as you know, going back to his original intent as sort of a gentlemanly way to pursue shooting, it was kind of like a respectful way to not bother your neighbors. And that's still around in some places. Yeah, no, that's always what I find so interesting is you go over to Europe and like Italy's really strict, but um, a lot of those European con countries, like you're for sure right. You go to the, and I actually talked to the head of the American Express Association about this and was like, is that really true? And he's like, hey, you just walk into a gun store, no paperwork, you buy it. But in the United States, um, legally, a silencer is a firearm. And not only is it a firearm, it's a National Firearms Act of 1934 firearm. Um, so it's an NFA firearm. So it has to do the background check and the tax stamp still, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's got to go through all that. And, you know, all the political debate aside, like, it is legally, right now, as of right now, is legally a firearm, which is kind of a strange concept that a tube is a firearm. Well, and it's so interesting too. So it's like, and the wait list is like nine months right now, you know, for a background check or something like that. Right. But, you know, it's a fascinating thing to tell someone who doesn't know about firearms, you know, okay, so this little tube that I've twisted onto the end of my gun that does not make my gun silent, you know, um, if I were to hand you the gun with the silencer on it, I would be committing a federal crime. You know, just to take to the range. Like, so if I just, you know, it was like, hey, you want to take my gun, my rifle to the range? No problem if it's the rifle. So, right. you know, the thing that could actually hurt somebody. Uh, but then if I add the silencer to it, then, you know, I'm now committing a major federal crime. Um, or like, even if you just like took the silencer off and forgot to put it in your bag and left it at the range. I mean, just like, you know, not paying attention. I mean, that's a major, major, major felony. Yeah. And we, for some of the listeners that, are, wa are watching for some of the listeners the idea that we'd like leave the silencer behind would be like what well, you're crazy that'd be really irresponsible but you know i've left stuff like it's easy to leave small parts at the range like a like i said a earmuffs or something like that and you'd think that's not a big deal and the only reason the silencer is a big deal is because of the NFA legislation. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, it would be kind of like leaving your earmuffs behind at the range. Well, and I mean, like, people always are like, oh, so irresponsible. But, like, please, people from the gun industry get busted leaving Vegas from SHOT Show every year because they left a loaded mag in their, like, backpack. I mean, you know, some people, like, like to say lots of stuff <laughs> that are irresponsible, but then the people who should know better 
don't necessarily act better. But so, okay, so we talked about the fact that the silencer was invented um, for the enjoyment of shooting. We talked about the fact that it wasn't silent. I mean, they say like, you know, it's, it really reduces the sound of gunfire to a jackhammer. Now, there are ways to get it really quiet. If you have a 22 and you've got subsonic ammunition, I mean, there are ways to do that. And obviously a 22 is going to be a lot quieter than yeah. shooting something much larger. Um, the other part of that that I mentioned, um, but that we really didn't um, really harp on, and I think it, it's worth a mention, is the fact that the silencer is not just there for the sound component, it's also for the recoil reduction. Yeah, and it goes back to all the way back, you know, in, in Hiram's day when they were testing it, when they find- First name, first name basis? I'm on a first name basis with all these dudes, with all these cats. I have no comment. <laughs> So back in Hiram's day when they were, you know, they were selling them to civilians, as we talked about. And then the military got interested. And one of the primary reasons the military was interested wasn't like sneaking around the battlefield. I mean, that was that was on their minds like, hey, this might be useful for for snipers and stuff. But the primary reason was training because they were bringing in lots of new recruits, many of whom were unaccustomed to gunfire. And, you know, a lot of people will go out and shoot a 30 out six and, you know, experienced shooters will say a 1903 Springfield, you know, you can really manage the recoil, but like admittedly, like I've shot them there. It's substantial. Like, you know, 30 out six is no slouch of a cartridge and a bolt action rifle doesn't soak up a lot of recoil. And the 1903 is not a particularly heavy gun. So imagine if you're a new shooter, that's the first thing you're learning on and you take, and you're not holding the rifle the right way and you're in basic training and you take uh, a recoil to the shoulder, that's going to make you a little bit, that's going to make, you're going to develop a flinch pretty quickly. And so the army wanted to see my national shooting sports foundation video on the 1903 and you will see a flinch, some pain and some comments. Or, you know, watch the videos when I record it in the museum now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It makes me feel a little bit better. But because I'm a girl, everyone gets on me about it. I'm like, that was like the 20th gun I shot that day. And like, yeah, it hurt. Okay. Get yeah. off me. I'm 100 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And so you can imagine, like the armies, we have all these new recruits and they're wanting to teach them to be better marksmen. And the silencer was a, that was one of the main areas that they tested the guns for was to reduce the recoil and the noise to make it easier to train people. And they're like, Hey, this, this works pretty well. Like it's a substantial recoil reduction. And that's one thing that not a lot of people think about, you know, when they're, when they're talking about these. Um, so we actually have a really cool artifact in the museum. Um, we have a, one of the Springfield 1903 test guns that it was a test gun, right? Yes, I think so. Um, and it's got one of three known in existence 1910 Hiram Percy Maxim silencers on it. Correct. So if according to Brophy, who wrote the book on the 1903, um, or one of the books on the 1903, the biggest book I know of on the 1903, we'll say it that way. Um, ours is one of three 1903s that have the 1910, I think it's 1910, yeah, it's equipped 1910. on it. Yes. And... <laughs> And the ours is one of two that are intact because Springfield Armory has one, but it's like blown out at the bottom or something. Yeah, take that Springfield Armory. Ours is better. Yeah, Alex, if you're listening, that's just for you. Sorry, Camila moving this mic back and forth is really throwing me for a loop. So yeah, we've got that really cool artifact um, in the collection. And actually, I got a really rare chance to pose with a Winchester, well, I think it was an 1894 with a 1909 silencer on it. And that was pretty freaking cool for the cover of Dylan Precision's Blue Press. But, um, <laughs> sorry, the mic just tickled my, my chin. Uh, you told me people spit on this, man. I'm getting COVID-19 now. Sorry. Okay. 
it's fine. Um, but the other thing that's interesting about the company is the fact that like the application of the silencer, um, just in general purpose, was so popular that the Maxim Silent Firearms Company went and turned into the Maxim Silencer Company. And I want to say it was between World War One and World War Two when they stopped making firearm silencers altogether, and they existed strictly as kind of a muffler, you know, commercial engine type of company. And I just think that's really interesting because you know everyone talks about oh you know, the scary silencer today. Thanks, James Bond. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that was so applicable to so many other industries that they were able to survive beyond their firearms application. Yeah, and it's sort of this weird transition of, because they become really popular, and then a few government leaders, like prominently, I think Woodrow Wilson was actually, like, mentioned this in a letter. <laughs> he wrote in a letter that he was concerned that, like, insurrectionists or like foreign agents would use silencers to assassinate people and that's one of the first like prominent ways that people start to think about the use of silencers in crime and then that's sort of the fear never seems to like actually develop into reality but um, it does catch enough traction that these things end up as the target of legislation legislation in the 30s and that's when the national firearms act shows up and then silencers make it onto that and then these things that at one point had cost you know between five and ten dollars suddenly you have a ten uh two hundred dollar at the time and current uh tax just to purchase one which is kind of crazy so it's, it's kind of an interesting thing to me today because um, there is such a stigma around the silencer in the United States, which is a really American thing, like you said, because other countries ne don't necessarily have that stigma. And I find it really funny because a lot of times, like I mentioned in one of the previous videos about when uh, pundits will say like one or two things, you know, like they've got their talking points and it makes me giggle a little bit because pro-gun pundits are actually right about silencers right now, but I feel like no one in the mainstream wants to believe them and so it it's you know it's almost like it's like when the like to the mainstream if the nra says something even if it's right like they don't want to hear it so i feel like you know like when donald trump jr was doing the video about the silencer then everyone was like no that's not true it was invented for other things and i'm like but actually historically that's factually correct yeah we get caught up in this like super super antagonistic politicized debate but like everybody else seems to be over it except for us and they're all cool with it. Like the rest of the world decided they're mostly okay with silencers and we're still arguing about it. Oh, I thought you meant just like us. We weren't over oh. it. I mean, are we ever over anything? We, we talk a lot. We do, but I feel like we forget about it just as quickly. Um, so I would like to point out that we just did an entire episode where we called it a silencer the whole time. We did, we did mention the word suppressor. But we didn't switch back. Some gun people are going to be mad at us. There is, like, any time I post anything as the museum social media account, if it has anything to do with a silencer, there's always someone. Like, we kind of make fun of it as almost like a meme, but it's it's really true. Like, someone always comes in to correct it to suppressor. And then somebody always jumps in and is like, did you know? It, that, conversa that conversation happens <laughs> verbatim every time. Did you just get winded? You were so upset that you just lost your breath? <laughs> I was. I was so upset that I got tired and ran out of breath. So I haven't been watching how long this podcast was, but it feels like it was long enough. <laughs> 22 minutes. Yeah. Cool. Because I, I don't like having to listen and approve 40-minute podcasts, so I can't imagine what it's like for you guys to hear it. Is this the part where I chime in with something extra? Yes. <laughs> I'm out. Danny is speechless. We'll talk to you guys later.
See ya.